Welcome back to another episode of Pair of Rankers. I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Old John Tui. And let's get to the rankitude, motherfuckers. All right, Noel, we're back for another episode. And this week we're talking about movies that change genre mid-story or mid-movie or at some stage of the movie. They went Very from, sharp turn. Yeah, like pretty much. Turn, yeah. yeah, they went from one genre to another without any kind of warning. And there's obviously a few famous examples of this. I'm sure they'll appear in our list. But all right, Noel, so what we like to do at Rankers, we like to storm on through these motherfuckers. Give me your number five and let's get to it. I'm going to start with number five. Um, I, I broke my own rule. It's the only time of break because I didn't want to go for like films where the whole point is that they have a twist because that yeah. seemed a little bit too on the Ooh, nose. what a twist. Ooh, a twist. Uh, but this one, the fact that it, it was one film, it wasn't even what the, the film wasn't even about what it was about. Yeah. And that was The Village. Yeah. Uh, so you think there's this, you know, horrible demon in, you know, that's lurking in the woods, and the but but, but the, there's curiosity, no matter how scary something is. Yeah. And of course, we find out just to jump to it. It turns out that there's nothing. It's just a family living in solitude, trying to keep the kids who were born into that solitude before you illusion. Elaborate. My number five is the village as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't I wasn't expecting that because yeah. there's huge examples and I, I I thought I went a bit off the beaten path yeah. there but like great minds or fools whichever yeah. um but yeah so um couldn't I, find a high def background no I I I, I <laughs> yours looks, yeah yours looks better. whatever you got me beat yet again you love but this. all I'm gonna say is the only reason I'm good at picking backgrounds or anything like this and images is because of Matt Armitage my former editor at 25 YL <laughs> he was like he's very very particular about the kind of images you use for your articles and he made me a fucking z- uh, a zealot for looking for the exact size, <laughs> the exact definition. Really? Yeah, yeah you yes. just have to watch me, man. Yeah. Anyway, but like I thought, like, uh, but you know, when the twist actually comes, you realize the film wasn't in any way. It wasn't that the plants were doing it. They weren't getting old because of something. It wasn't at all even about that. It was literally just don't go into the woods. That's all it was about. There was yeah. no demon. There was no scary. There was no supernatural. Yeah. It, it was simply not anything like that at all. I don't know what genre you'd really put it in. I guess it's a drama. A historical uh, horror. It's a historical horror, yeah. That's what it's mean, supposed what, to be. But where does it end up? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you That's know, what the genre uh, thriller, thriller, I guess, kind of thing. Uh, but oh. it all turns out to be kind of one huge miscommunication. And um, so, yeah, it, uh, at the end of it, I didn't hate this film as much as a lot of people did. I, I, I went hmm. to see it when I was young in the cinema. But, um, it wasn't thought, that long ago, dude. Uh, it's 05 04. When you were young, though, like 1805, yeah. you time traveling motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's been two hickety years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just like, uh, without I know there's a bit of overlap here, but like, is there anything you'd like to add before we move on? Yeah, so right when um, the village came out for me, um, I'm a big Emily Shyamalan fan at this stage of my life, right? Um, I'd seen The Ring, or uh, The Ring, I'm a fucking idiot. Sorry, I seen Sixth Sense, I seen Signs, awesome. and I seen Unbreakable. Awesome. Three really good fucking awesome. movies, right? And uh, like you say what you want about Signs, but like apart from the massive. The weakest flaw, of the tree, you've. Yeah. The, the weakest of the tree because of the whole. The massive. The air exactly, yeah. The massive flaw, right? Apart from that, it, the movie itself is very unsettling. It's a very different take on uh, an alien invasion. And it's a very, very cool movie in terms of like its visuals and the soundtrack and all this. Uh, but when it came to the village, I was kind of amped up because I seen the trailer and I was like, this looks really, really cool. And for three quarters of the movie, I was on board. I'm like, okay, so it's 
about a community and they have to stay out of the woods because there's monsters in there. I'm like, I'm on board for that. And then the first twist comes when you find out that the elders of this so-called village are actually the monsters and they're using as a fear tactic as the metal of control. They accidentally kill one, don't they? It's not the whole thing. Don't they yeah, accidentally they, kill one of she the kills one. Um, yeah. She kills one of the monsters when they attacks her in the woods when she's trying to escape. Some sort of trap like falls into a pit sort of thing or something. Yeah, I think like they're... Um, yeah, I can't actually remember what they're called, but it's kind of like when the, uh, in Vietnam... I don't know, actually, did it have the sticks in it as well? Spikes? I'm not sure. It's been a long time, but I yeah. remember they accidentally get... You know, unmasked and you find out it's somebody that she grew up that she knows all of her life. Well, she's blind, dude, so... Yeah, but it still she... turns out to be someone she knew. No, but she didn't... We're, we're not blind. <laughs> So what's your problem? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no, but like my my I like the first twist. I could deal with the first twist because it felt like it belonged to the story. But the fucking second twist, where it it went from being a, a period piece to being like this modern day kind of like cultish drama type ending, I thought it was completely unnecessary. It took away from the rest of the fucking movie and like. I thought the first twist was acceptable, but the second twist took me down a path that I didn't want to go down. And it's mm. the reason this film is derived the way it is because of the second twist. Like, if you don't have that in there, I bet you people look at the village a lot more kindly um, yeah. because there was no need for a genre uh, shift. In the started world. insisting upon itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Started trying to push the ball out. Too yeah. Much. So, like, that's just, uh, it was a portent of what was about to come for M. Night Shyamalan because he's fallen into this who with a twist thing and, and, like, he can't help himself anymore. Like, so mm. that's his problem. Like, as you said before, the, the real well, twist said, when he I makes jumped. a movie without a twist. Yeah. yeah, make a movie without a twist. Yeah, like the happening, like, yeah. The trees make a movie where it's exactly oh, wait, like oh, there's a murder. This guy looks suspicious. Have it be him, yeah. That would fuck with people. But this being an Emily Shyamalan movie, like uh, there's a series of murders and ends up being the oak out back and it's killing yeah, people, exactly. Because no, but you're not, you're not joking. They, yeah, they did that. You mean, you're yeah. Not joking. yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, the it's, trees, it's a it's humorous trees. observation, Marky Mark. You shut the fuck up right now. Don't talk to me about no killer trees. Well, so I would like a green light. I would like a green light. Let me see the only Chanel's eyes. That's that's all I'm asking. It's fucking movie happening. Piece. Okay, of I'm gonna right. I'm gonna kick it along. Where it's, it's back. It's back to me. And uh, this is watch your number four, motherfucker. I've gone bigger. I've you gone will. bigger. And uh, this woman, Janet Leigh, robbed from her boss. I was trying to lay low in a hotel. Mm. That was the story. Until this woman attacks her in the shower and stabs her to death, which in, <laughs> in the era that this film was made was a crazy thing, an mm. absolutely insane thing. People didn't they didn't do that. Like the blood running down the shower, of course, like you said, like iconic, iconic to this very, very day. But it was no longer a um crime drama. It was it was no longer like a Simpsons did it better. And <laughs> but all of a sudden it was horrible, and then it gets more kind of twisted as you realize that like Norman Bates is in fact like not just a psychopath, but also like he's suffering from paranoid delusion and all of this kind of stuff because it's not his mother. And all of a sudden it's a horror movie. It's a it's a full full blooded full fleshed slasher horror movie. And yeah. Like it, when you and I watched this film a few years ago, and it's you've kind of gone wow. Like I was trying to my best to just just pretend that this is. You know, like just you only you're only you only know what you're seeing, and I realized the first half, my God, and people don't talk about that. It does because every because it's so iconic. 
yeah the, the ending is so iconic the, uh, norman bates is so iconic the shower scene is so iconic and um did that happen to you as well this weird thing yeah no like the first time i saw psycho i did not see that coming like you know what i mean the, the shift in the story killing off your your main protagonist about 40 minutes into the movie Oh my god! Like, and and in the way it it it, it um it develops uh, her sister, someone comes looking for her, I think, and and a private investigator or a cop or something to come looking for, her. and then you have the whole thing kind of develop at the Bates Motel, and you find out what the fuck's going on. Yeah, like to to, to me, it was one of the first movies that I seen that did something like that to, to shift the shift the narrative in such a violent way. It's his main place now. Yeah, this, this was in the early sixties. Well, place. Hitchcock did that though. He always kept you guessing. That was why he yes. was one of the best. Like you know what I mean? I fucking grew up in Hitchcock. He was my bread and butter growing up on TCM. And well, you know, and and what might be main like again bread and butter to a lot of people now. Um, where would we be? You know, yeah. what I mean, Hitch, Hitchcock was. I don't know he was the Nicholas Tesla of our movie. You know what I mean? Like he just was. He was, and this this film is no exception. What's your number four? My number four is from a pre-existing franchise, and um, when everybody heard about this movie coming out, we knew it was going to have some monstrosity or some monstrousness about it, if that's even a word. But like, definitely a word. Yeah, uh, uh, but like when we watched it and we sat down, um, it took on a very different tone until it veered off into the direction we thought it was going to eventually, and that was 10 Cloverfield Lane, um, starring John Goodman and uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I think. And it's pretty much hate, yeah, for pretty much most of the movie, for most of the movie, it's uh, like it's like this girl has been kidnapped, she's in John Goodman, and he's pretty much telling her the world has ended, some sort of weird attack. And you the think, world doesn't deserve John Goodman, I know yeah. it's not on point, but we don't. John he's, Goodman's amazing, yeah, well, he's a good man, like, uh, but like, <laughs> no, no laugh for that amazing joke, whatever. We're getting them. Oh, posed. he's a good man. We're getting them oh. posed. We're getting them posed. We need a laugh track. <laughs> Do it live. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, so pretty much most of the movie, you don't know if this dude's fucking lost his, uh, lost his mind or whatever. He has her locked up in a bunker. And you think for maybe the whole movie that this dude's just gone psychotic and he's trying to kidnap this girl so he can whatever molest her or rape or whatever, or just even control her or whatever, just have that kind of weird level of control. And in, but in the back of your mind, you're like Cloverfield, Cloverfield, because you've all seen the original Cloverfield. And what's Cloverfield about? It's about this fucking huge monstrosity that attacks New York. And like, so you think the whole way through it, maybe he is telling the truth, maybe he's telling the truth. And then when she finally escapes, she's driving on the road and this fucking alien, like, she comes in contact with this gigantic monster. And then to have such a shift from that, even though you were kind of half expecting it, but to actually finally see it, and you're like, ah, you know, that kind of thing. And like even Chlorophyll Paradox kind of does it to a certain extent as well, like, you know, maybe slightly lesser, but like, yeah, have that kind of shift for this kind of weird isolationist, real confined kind of horror. Everything that he did suddenly makes sense when you realize that taking this anything less than that seriously is literally the difference between life and death. Yeah, Uh, because he's seen it all. Yeah, there's that scene where he kills the guy in the whole of acid and all that kind of stuff yeah. and then of course when she tries to make a break and it's all there and it's all real yeah like, that was that was iconic I, I i thought that was fantastic you think after her experiences with the things she would have been more minded but whatever yeah absolutely yeah but it, it'd been like 30 years since like mm. early, early 80s so she's a little bit like <laughs> maybe um, she got frozen that's what she got so <laughs> Sorry, we're talking about the thing. Uh, yeah, like, we're, just, we're just having this in joke. Yeah, we're just having some fun. Just having some fun. 
know what I mean? Right. We want to be like the MCU, right? We want our audience to keep up with us. We don't want to keep on filling in, like, but our past exploits. You're either with us on this journey or you're not. That's what we'll I'm saying. Talk down to you, you know? <laughs> yeah. We just want to talk to you, not down to you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, Control the baseball with the baseball game. <laughs> All right, sport. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, Lord, are you ready? You ready? Let's ramp I, up I, this fucking thing. Let's get our I'd be, sho- I'd be shocked if it's not on your list, I'll be honest. What's your number three, motherfucker? From Dust to Dawn. Like, move your head. It's, it's, it's right move there. your head for a second. <laughs> there we go. There we go. What, <laughs> what, 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 what an absolute flawless woman. Flawless woman, great actress, <laughs> just everything. She's just brilliant. Um, but anyway, this was. I think if back, humanity is dying, they should just let her repopulate the world. Yeah, yeah. I want to see six billion of her offspring. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how incestuous it'll be. <laughs> be great for one generation. It, it, more like incestuous <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this film, I, I, I watched it. this. I watched this film. This was like pre kind of the internet and stuff, you know, finding out stuff, no matter how hard you try to avoid it. Yeah. And I was just watching it. And not just that, I was loving it. Yeah. Like if it had continued to be the type of Tarantino-esque um kind of film that it was, I would have just been down. I would have been absolutely fine. Yeah. And then it just randomly turns into a vampire bar, the titty twister. Yeah. Amazing. That was insane. Yeah. First that time I was, saw it. You know, this this could be at the top of my list. Um for just the absolute insanity, the way it turned all of a sudden, yeah, Danny yeah. Trejo like you know jumping up in the bar and 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 even i love the fact that the vampires were somehow extremely strong but also extremely um isn't tom tom savini the guy with the cock gun yeah yeah it? sex machine or something like that <laughs> wasn't it yeah, yeah it makes yeah. sense yeah and uh but there, there were, uh the, the vampires are great the the, the 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 intensity of the film from that point forward uh the the, the action the, the 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 practical effects absolutely spectacular and but it was two guys trying to make it to the Mexican border with some money and then they were going to pay off like a gang that's in charge of that area is in like here here's our here's a quarter of our cup mm. and we offer you protection and cover and that was it they were going to meet at the titty twister in the morning so all they had to do was say drink some whiskey drink some tequila um get through the night that was it it was done and then it turned into a vampire flick of like epic action perform man I, it speaks for itself I, what 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 can i say that has been said about this film yeah that's a no, no, that's a 90 degree if not 180 degree turn that was huge and to have that, salma hayek look that fucking fantastic yeah because that's a hard thing to do like just to ha- just no just to capture it just to capture it i'm just saying like the fact that they went and they were able to capture that moment oh i applaud you robert rodriguez is all i'm saying yeah that's all i'm saying also, Thank you. Also, find some hair attractive. So, like, we're like brothers. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Did we just become best friends. Did we just become best friends. Uh, All right, man. Uh, All hit right. me with your number. Sorry, where are we? Number three. Hit me with your number three. I'm going to hit you with Icarus one and two. Sunshine. You know yeah. what? Well, I Walk me through it. Right. The reason I pick Sunshine is because for 90% of the movie, the enemy is the task. The enemy is the challenge. The enemy is the mission because it's so improbable, so impossible for humans to be able to travel from our earth to their sun because it takes such a long time. It's, and it's based in the, the here and now. Yeah. It, well, we're not talking it's the near future. Though. Yeah. We're not like we're probably by the here and now. I probably mean like 
here and now. I'm thinking about 100 years into the future. Did you think it was that far into the future? Because yeah, I, I from look at the glo- the global change. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. What 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 me through it anyway? Like, so it's about the task. And yeah. What pretty much like I just thought like the whole idea of this was to show how possible space exploration is for humans and the fact that we go into that direction and to show that what we do as humans better than any other creature in this world is that we're able to adapt to a situation to an environment or whatever and to be able to pretty much use our intelligence our capabilities to be able to overcome insurmountable odds in a way no species has ever done before in existence and i thought that's what sunshine is about it's supposed to be about us as a species and our ability to survive and what we're able to do and the lengths we're able to go through to actually make our uh, uh, society, our civilization, our species, whatever, survive. There's also that solidification, you know, like it comes up in all these disaster movies where like uh, whatever's going on between the United States and China um, or, you know, Israel and um, Palestine or whatever, whatever we want to kind of go and like, dude, this is just going to kill everyone and it's not going to stop to check what way you vote. Yeah. Um, and it had that kind of solidified mission, a very diverse group of people who were very specialized in very certain areas. And it, like you said, perfectly, it was the mission. Yeah, exactly. And in for 90% of the movie, it's all about how humanity is able to overcome these insurmountable odds. And it's kind of like about we're, we're going to go and meet our maker. The sun, without the sun, is the creator of all life in a lot of ways. You know, that's why he was hailed as a deity for hundreds of thousands of years, whatever the fuck. I don't and, see what the big deal is about the sun result, but like... Yeah, you whatever. know what I mean? And that's what the movie is about. And then all of a sudden, we actually got this weird... Like they find the Icarus one, they go on board because they're having problems and then everything goes to shit after that. And then you realize there's a guy, the captain from the Icarus one, Pinbacker, is now aboard the Icarus two and he starts killing off the crew one at a time and sabotaging the mission. And like, I don't think he was necessary because the task and the mission were so fucking hard to do in the first place. That should have been the enemy. I was trying to overcome our own extinction event. You know what I mean? And that's what it should have been about. Like, I understand what Pinbacker was all about. It's like I said a minute ago, he went and met his maker and he saw the eyes of God or whatever the shit, like, or the, saw, the, saw the face of God. And it drove him insane pretty much because he started looking at his own insignificance within the greater universe. Because oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm saying, like, something so, inf- like, the, not only are you infinitesimally small, the mm. sun is infinitesimally small and it's your God. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. So like, I just thought like, I can understand the reason behind Pinbacker. Like I understand the reason, but I just thought for 90% of the movie, it was in this one very solid, very linear direction yeah. where it was, the mission was so hard, so amazingly tough that it took the best and brightest and then they failed. And then the second best and brightest came up. And it was all about them trying to, and then them turning on each other and how people have crashed and it's fall a, apart. Yeah, it's a good suggestion, yeah. You know what I mean? It so, would have been what I would have thought of, to be honest. Yeah, but, so but. just just because it was so strong and so solid and at the end it felt like it, it sped up a bit too much because of Pinbacker's interactions. And I just thought I would have liked to see the slow struggle and the breakdown of the human will to survive or whatever. And then you overcome your own personal differences, kind of the way Chris Evans did at the end. And he sacrificed. So, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, yeah. His death was yeah, brutal. He's be honest, in the water, the freezing water thing. Yeah. Be honest with you, man. Chris Evans saves that mission so many fucking times throughout that movie. It is insane. Like, we went over in one of our, in our Sunshine episode a good while back now. 
but Chris Evans pretty much saves that mission all the way through it. Like, pretty much all the way through it. It's insane. Like, is Chris Evans doing what Chris Evans doing? Yeah, you know what I mean? I can do this all day. Yeah. Chris Evans does. All so, no, day. that's my number three. I went a bit fucking out of this world with it. What's your number two, motherfucker? Did you know that the hills are alive with the sound of Nazis? <laughs> the whole movie is about Nazis. Yeah, but do you remember that the, 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 it, it, it kind of addresses it and it's always kind of there. But then this invasion, then the actual arrival happens. Mm. and all uh, the Are we going to blame the poor resolution for how old the movie is? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's what we're doing. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it, it was just all of a sudden, it, do you remember just watching this film? And, and when I was a kid, I remember thinking it falls into the Mary Poppins and it falls into the, all these other Disney films mm. that I grew up watching and, and didn't appreciate. And yeah. like, fair enough, the inter- all of a sudden there was a bad guy. Like all of a sudden there was people actually hunting them. They were introduced and it was scary. Yeah, and uh, that, that, but that to me, like as a really young child, that was no different to Cruella de Vil. It was no different to any of these other people because I had I, I wasn't Cruella I wasn't able to appreciate Vil. the actual Cruella de Vil. The, the actual insanity. The actual she doesn't scare evil. you. No evil thing will. I love I loved, I loved the hundred one Dalmatians growing up. But and if this, I thought it was mid the sixties, this film certainly stopped being about. That they're kind of in, there was so much joy in this film, and then it takes this really, really sharp turn. Mm. Like, and it's actually, if you look back on it, it does symphonically as well. Yeah, you know, as in the music and everything, and all of a sudden, it's got this intensity to it, and these characters that I think the Nazis love her. Julie yeah. Andrews, a fucking like area, yeah, looking. yeah. And Julie Andrews literally just like the hills are alive with the sound of music, and all. And good night, farewell. I'll be the same good night. And it was just. A musical. I, it, was just, it was just something that made you feel warm. And then you realise this film's kind of fucked up. Yeah. When you look at it, when you put it beside some of its peers, and then when you kind of really kind of stand back and think about it, you cannot say that this film was one genre true. It yeah, took it's, a turn. It's not a chick singing about how she's 16 going on 17. Some dude's like 25 or something. She wants, she wants to yeah. Uh, you know, was the time. A simpler yeah. time. Yeah. Time. I mean, a worse time. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I can't do I can't do video editing, so <laughs> we'll do it live. Uh, we'll oh, do sorry, it sorry. live. That was that was a thing called a joke. I hope that yeah. was a thing called a joke. Uh, um, I don't think they're allowed anymore, dude. No, anymore. no, 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 no. Again, yeah. I know people can take jokes. No, no, I don't think so. Wait, producers are here. No, people can't take jokes, man. People can't. Take <laughs> uh no but it, it was it was i don't know the the end is, i i when i when i seen it when i was last time i actually watched this movie i'd say it was probably only 14 or 15 yeah um but then i but it was just kind of old enough i mean old enough to know what world war Two was and what the stakes actually were and how much actually Absolute horrific stuff that you cannot dress up, you can't sing around it. Actually, well, Hugo Boss tried to dress it up, didn't they? Yeah, I said yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I said it. Hugo Boss, you Nazi manufacturing clothes wearing motherfuckers. Yeah, I there said you go. it. Oh, yeah, we're taking yeah. Hugo Boss over here. But, yeah, uh, well, no, they I'm made all the Nazi this... I'm saying it. And they managed to keep the toe. I don't know. It's actually still a great film. You know what I mean? Like, they... mm. it still made sense, but you felt for them. But I, I just remember like the sharp turn. When I think about it, yeah, now, it just shows stomach churning. 
I think it as shows... opposed to like you know like get those dogs and it's it's not there was there was the bad guys weren't fucking cute man they were fully fleshed Nazis yeah I think it just shows that like uh, World War Two would have ended much quicker and a lot more Nazis would have fled the cause if they had more musical nannies that's all I'm saying I think that's what the the crooks of sound of music is. Revisionist history. Yeah, if we were able to infiltrate the Nazis quicker, the as the Allied forces with a bit more singable nat- uh, nannies, the nineteen forty three. I'm thinking the world World War Two would end it. That's all I'm saying. So I'm saying bring a bit of music into the war. Yeah, I mean art conquers all. Art conquers all. Yeah, I just can't see any blowback from that. <laughs> what's, your, what's your number two? <laughs> My number two is something that already popped up on your list, and that is the Robert Rodriguez directed from Dust and Dawn. And for all the reasons you said, it's like as at the start, it's a crime caper. It's about two dudes that rob the place or they escape from somewhere and they're on the run. They capture this family. They use this family as a cover to try cross the border to get into Mexico or some shit. And then they go to this bar. It's called uh, the Titty Twister. And when the bar gets, when it gets to nightfall, uh, the bar pretty much gets locked down. And then fucking vampires start feasting on anybody that's in the bar. And it's just literally fucking 900 miles an hour from there on out. Like, it's a crazy fucking movie. It, it's probably one of the the best examples of this uh, kind of topic that we've chosen in terms of the genre shifting so heavily from a crime, ca- crime caper to a supernatural fucking vampire movie. It was, it's a fucking insane movie. You already chose Salma Hayek there. She looks fucking amazing. Her, her whole, her whole aesthetic in that movie is iconic with the snake and the fucking bikini and shit like that. And then when she turns into the fucking vampire. Takeda she- is a dog. I'll call you spot. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. so, like, the whole movie, like, I haven't seen it in a, in a while now, but, like, it, it is the clearest example of this in terms of genre shifting throughout the narrative and Agreed. shit like that. But, like, everything, even the cock gun, everything, man, everything's kind of iconic about that movie. And it was very early in the run for Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, who came on to be two of the coolest, most iconic creators out there. And it's just, it shows you what you can do when you're not afraid to go balls to the wall crazy with your fucking story, man. I just, I fucking loved it. Like, it's, it's kind of like, Desperado meets John Carpenter's Vampires. Yeah. Some shit like that. You know, that kind yeah, of thing. It is, like that. it is. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. So okay. that's my number two, motherfucker. What's your numero uno? Well, my number uno is simply the correct answer. <laughs> and any other answer is simply incorrect. So, that, like, everything can be abstract and yeah. stuff like that. But clearly, the answer was Cabin in the Woods. Oh, that's a good, that's a good one. It's terrible just, picture, but yeah, okay. Like, I'm gonna, you're just gonna tell me how you wank off the fucking picture quality, <laughs> and I'll fucking figure it out. Okay, um, just go on to Google Images and type it in and look for the highest definition picture you can find. It's in the landscape. This fucking guy. <laughs> but this film was everything. Yeah, it's a great. There were, were cabin in the woods, and you thought slasher. There's gonna be like that's always the horny couple. There's yeah. the nerdy girl who's kind of like coming along because she needs like cause yeah. somebody talked her into blowing off some steam. There's the jock. There's the one nerdy guy. It's a blah blah blah. And it starts getting picked up, and then it gets epic. It gets mm. it gets the, the concept becomes huge. There's yeah. the whole like people taking bets, and it turns out that they're trying to satiate some elder gods to keep them underground by feeding them. Yeah. At, like obviously 0.0000001% of the population every year, which is like obviously 
not not all that evil in the grand scheme of things if it really <laughs> naturally meant the yeah. end of all civilization bradley whitmore's so cool oh my god he's a legend and uh the, the, the whole scene with chris hemsworth jumping the uh mm. shark uh, the bike. The, the, oh my god it was so good everything and, uh, about that movie is fucking brilliant man. fucking loves one of the fucking best movie. movies great ever. choice great fucking and choice. it was iconic yeah, how much has shifted from just being a because yeah, don't get me wrong, it went from horror to horror. Mm. So I, in one way, you could say it didn't switch genres. No, no, but this film was not at all what you thought it was. Yeah, yeah, it it, it, it almost you could say it switched sub sub genres. Yeah, fair. You know what I mean? Like, it did so in such a huge fashion. Yeah, that for me, I, I think it's a great choice. Drew Goddard, I think, wrote and directed it. Um, yeah. he's very unlucky. He was supposed to. He was he, he originally he was the showrunner on the Daredevil TV series on Netflix and um he left Very to do a sinister, uh, sinister Six movie for Sony and then the Sony hacks came out and that movie got cancelled like he was very unlucky there so like uh, fucking cabin on, cabin in the woods I think Joss Whedon was a big driving force behind this movie uh, had a great cast uh, Chris Hemsworth was fucking brilliant in it uh, Bradley Whitmore already talked about man it's a great chase I'm actually raging I didn't think of it because it is a great fucking movie um. I think it's actually one of the better modern horror movies, to be honest with you. It's so clever, and there's so many different kills, and the the, the pay homage to so many classic characters, but put their own spins on them. Like I love that with that little different take on like a pinhead or whatever, like you know. So, yeah, I know. I think it's a great. Oh, yeah, choice. with the razor right in his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's a great choice because it's such a fucking clever movie, man. Um, Raging, I didn't think of it, but like, yeah, no, I fucking love Cabin in the Woods. I think it's a great fucking movie. Um. We covered Cabin in the Woods, yeah. And it was simply the right choice. So what? What? what what's have, your silver have, medal? Have we, have we covered Cabin in the Woods yet? No. 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 Do you want to do it next week? Hells yes. Yeah. Could that be a nice, easy one to do? Hells yes. Um. All right, cool beans. So my number one, which is, yeah, uh, definitely going to get a silver medal. And that is... Mr. Mama's by himself, Norman Bates, Norman Bates, psycho. Yeah, yeah, because like, no, but like, it is like it is a huge. I was crushed thing. to see it appear so early on your list earlier. I was like, fuck, where's because, he going? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, like I just figured, yeah, if you thought a psycho would be later on in your list, um, but yeah, it's psycho, like as we, we touched upon earlier, I won't go on too much about it. It, it, it's about a woman that she's trying to run away, she's after stealing money or some shit, I think, or she's only 50 grand, which would yeah. be money oh yeah of course yeah, yeah. it's and it's uh uh Jan- janet lee um jamie lee curtis's mother and jamie lee uh, curtis's mother for the one person that will see this she, that's the reason she got the job in halloween like if you ever watched the movies they made as a netflix a great series um they talk about uh, they're talking about halloween on that and she, they're literally like uh, she's 19 years old and they weren't sure about casting and then they found out she was janet lee's daughter and they were like sold you know what i mean not only does she come from great acting pedigree but just to have that attachment to the whole psycho lore and all this kind of thing it just uh, lend extra credence to halloween itself but like um uh psycho uh the first we've seen it like it just seems like it's going to be about this woman that's going to be on the run she's going to be on the lamb or whatever as used to say back in the day she was the parlance of their times um <laughs> but like uh Yes, uh, and just to have the, like her getting killed in the first 40 minutes when you're full sure she's going to be the main protagonist, and you're like, where's the story going to go now? Where's it going to go? Oh, to- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's gone. Mm. And, you know, like, you didn't, of course, they, did, they couldn't go so visceral. I, I remember hearing stories of Alfred Hitchcock uh, stepping out of the theatre, the, the tester theatre, I assume, yeah. and uh, just listening, because he knew the scene was coming up, and I could hear the gasps and the screams even. Yeah. Because, 
again, everyone was like, oh my God, what pack of pussy? Everything is relative, I yeah. promise you. If you've yeah. never seen that shit before, that would have messed with you. It yeah, like the first time you see saw. as hard as you think you are. Mm. First time you see like Feed or the Caviar hostile. or something. First yeah. time I've seen Hostel, like, like the whole eye pulling the eye out yeah. and, and, and your man had to cut it off and bring her and she jumps in front of the train. I, I mean, like that, that, that made me, I was 20 or something. Yeah. That, uh, that made me uncomfortable for a while. Oh man, but I'd be screwed I in a hostel situation. Uh, yeah, same. Oh uh, man, especially my early twenties, women that attractive start coming on to me, and I'm backpacking through Europe. I'm dead. That's why I never went backpacking man, through women Europe. Women that but... attractive come on to you and tell you that it's a hostile situation. Yeah, you would soon. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, I take the chance. But the way, is it like the film where I get the ride before and be like, yeah, sweet, <laughs> <laughs> dope. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, yeah, no, like, yeah, it's like psychos. It's iconic. Like, you know, in the second half of the, the movie, it like turns into this weird whodunit mystery. And then you figure out it has this other little plot twist, Norman Bates. It's actually not his mother doing the murder. And it's actually him. And he's, his mother's long dead. And the guy, the, guy, the, the, the moment of the discovery of um, uh, Mrs. Bates, I think it's, is it Norma? I'm, I'm trying to remember. I seen the first season of Bates Motel. Great show. I may go back to it. But when he finds her body, when you see her sitting in the chair and you turn around and you see her all, like mummified body and then he turns around and Norman Bates is in the fucking in the wig and the dress and he tries to stab him and that's one of the most iconic scenes ever like you know what I mean so I just think Psycho had to be on my list here because I'm not sure if it's a true genre twist or a shift but I think it, it really went from being uh, a kind of like a person that was on the run to being this kind of crazy fucking twisty whodunit um and for me, it had to be on my list. Um, I don't know if it qualifies for criteria exactly, but Psycho is a fucking awesome movie. Oh, yeah, 100% does. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I even think that for the generations that came after us, yeah. not just one and two, I don't know what a generation in terms of coming of age, you know, because you could be, you could be 15 seeing Psycho yeah. and, and at 25, you're making a film based on that. So it's not, you know, it's not a 25, 30 year thing. Yeah. Um, but had that not happened, had people not realized that, like, because not that films ever really had rules, but the, it probably wasn't really done. And he just said, fuck that. Janet Leigh's, the star is dead. Norman yeah. Bates was the star all along. Fuck you. Yeah. That's, and doing it in the 60s. Anthony Perkins. I'm sorry, that's as, that's as iconic as it gets. Yeah. It's, 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 it was a, br- a brilliant little twist, man, from fucking one of the greatest uh, horror storytellers of all time. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like Alfred Hitchcock, but like maybe not even horror storyteller, but more like a kind of like a mystery kind of like he's more like a, a chiller kind of kind of like it's not a horror, not a thriller, more in the middle. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, like a yeah. chiller. Like, so like I just think he was one of the best um, uh, storytellers of his generation, obviously. Um, But no, that's my number one. Before we get the fuck out here, what's your honorable mention, motherfucker? Oh, okay. If you would give me just one moment, I will get up. Do you want me to chop my first one? Moment? No, no, it's fine. Sorry, just take your, one second. Your, there we go. The babysitter. The babysitter. Yeah. Do you remember it was it was just like he had such a crush on his babysitter, and you thought it was gonna be like I thought I knew it was gonna be like a thriller horror, but I thought it was gonna be like them against the world. 
Yeah. And he was going to learn to like respect her on a really personal level, even though she's a very beautiful woman. Mm. And I thought, you know, like, because survival is just the thing that really bonds people. And oh, the babysitter, the Netflix movie. Yeah, go yes. on. Sorry. Yeah. I was like, yeah. fuck, I recognize that girl. I cannot remember. Yeah. Her and then it turns out that she was a part of kind of some cults or yeah. she was doing shit with some people and uh, she was killing. And she was planning on killing him. Yeah. And he all by himself takes him down. Awesome. And, uh, in kind of a very funny way at times. And stuff. Mm. But at the same time, and there, there is one scene, and despite how silly this movie is, like one guy kind of walks into a situation where he hangs himself. Um, but anyway, despite it, there's a really good situation where he drives a car through the house and he crushes her, but he doesn't kill her, like because you know, like whatever, like the wounds will eventually lead to her death. Yeah, and not not too long in the future, and she says like you know she's talking to him and stuff, and he says yeah, and you try to, but I drove a car into you and I stopped you. Yeah. Something like kind of really. I'm not, I'm not going to go as far as like heat Pacino fucking. It's not. It's not yeah. like that. But it was actually it was a moment with levity. It was a moment with gravitas. Yeah. I remember just thinking like, fuck me, this movie surprised me. Yeah, this movie surprised me. It's I not what I thought it was going to be, and I remember I just had to fucking respect it. And it was just like, it's not again. Look at her, like she's she's the she's a bombshell. She's yeah. an absolutely blue-eyed, blonde-haired, stunning, um, stunning-looking woman. And yeah. uh, but she actually turned out to be a really good bad guy. And he turned out this little kind of like a uh, nerdy, nerdy kid. Like, uh, he turned out to be a really strong-willed little fighter and I don't know film impressed me man I just really liked it and it and uh so I had to give it like it didn't it didn't make the five list but not by by a tiny margin but it's definitely an honorable mention um yeah no I babysitter did I I really enjoyed babysitter kind of reminded me of another movie called better watch out um, the way it kind of turned, like Better Watch Out, was I don't know if anyone's seen it. Um, have you ever seen Better Watch Out? It's like a Christmas horror. It's not hitting me, no. Um, yeah, so I don't really want to give away too much, but yeah, it reminded me of that movie how it shifted from something that you thought was going to be very stereotypical to something that was completely different, and it played with the kind of the tropes um a little bit, and it had a bit of fun. And I love in horror is actually tries to be a little bit clever, like you know what I mean, because sometimes we get too much of. The, the kind of the over-dependency on the classic tropes and the, it seems a bit formulaic after a while and I think that's the kind of issue a lot of people have um, with some modern horrors that they come across as formulaic and that's why we kind of laud these clever horrors so much um, in the past decade, 15 years like A Quiet Place, like A Babysitter, Better Watch Out or any of these kind of movies that play with the tropes instead of depend on them too much, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really good honorable mention. And um, uh, before we get the fuck out of here, I'm going to send you my honorable mention and that is Hancock. Yeah, I actually, I like I, I didn't think of it, but the second you said it, it did actually make sense to me because I instantly know what it is. It was the, the the classic superhero trope. Yeah, uh, just a superhero lost his way or could do better. Blah blah blah, and then it turns out that he's actually a different species, and he's he's like a titan from a different like from like he's a thousand thousands of years old, and yeah, like because the first is supposed to be like this downtrodden fucking superhero that has pretty much lost. Yeah, so like I think um babysitter is a fucking really good honorable mention. And like for me, my honorable mention is gotta be 
Let me get this before we get the fuck out of here. And that is... Oh, wait, I already said my honorable mention, didn't I? And that's yeah, Hancock. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah, so pretty much Hancock's my honorable mention. And the reason is what we're talking about a second ago before we had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties um, is that... The twist is that it was got, it was like a good film. And then yeah. they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was just literally like about a superhero that like kind of lost his way. He was trying to gain back his uh, uh, public, uh, pers- like, what's it, like, we know your PR public. Be a hero. Yeah. yeah, he was trying to just get back his image or something, like, you know, and trying to find his place, society, whatever. And that's a kind of relatable story. And then all of a sudden, he's just this immortal and he, the one person he saves ends up being the daughter of this other immortal and the last two of their species. But they've actually been in love with each other for thousands of years. But the thing is that they can't come close to one another because if they do, they weaken each other's powers or some fucking bullshit. Yeah, and they that's- pair off and they become mortal and die and eventually die. Yeah, so like, and that's that's the problem with this movie that like it had such a relatable narrative from the outset, and then it just went so convoluted and so complicated as it went along. And I don't think it needed to go that way because at the beginning it would have been an easy movie to make. You have this superhero that's just trying to get back his image, and then like you can have a villain later on, but it doesn't need to be entangled through thousands of years of love and all this shit. I think you could even have Charlie's Theron be another one of these species or some fucking bullshit i don't know and just have them do battle and have her be a villain have him be the good guy like it's not a difficult story to tell you know and just have him be a, a hero that's trying to get back her image you could even have her be a superhero that people love and she ends up being villainous and they ended up going against each other that way where you find out that she's actually the villain all along and yeah. uh and that's how you uh, you could have it in a way that that's how he cleans up his image by pretty much saving the world from this you know, villainous or some shit. I don't know. Could have done more with it, but yeah, it, it could, wasn't. They did. They did twist. It they could just this. done. I, I think they could have done less with it. I think they just did too much with it. I think you could do less. It's about have a superhero that's in the world that people love, and another superhero that people don't like, and he's trying to get his image back. Well, at the same time, the superhero that people love is actually the villain. Like it's not a very complicated story. Like yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of having it being like, oh, you're thousands of years old immortals and they're entangled through fucking forever or whatever. I don't know what they're trying to do. But like, that's my honorable mention. My That's my list. And they're my fucking movies to change genre or whatever the fuck in between. What do you have? Anything else to say about it? No, what you take a hand you know, I think I think I think we did a fairly good deep dive and I think we got some good ones, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think we surprised each other and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, one of us went piss obvious with our original and, my, and one of us nailed it. But like, yeah, not the image, whatever. but the concept. Whatever. Yeah. Well, in all fairness to me, I did put this list together yesterday in 20 minutes because we were you supposed did. to record you did. this. You did. Nope, nope, yeah. nope. Credit where it's true. No, that was a lot of fun, man. I really, yeah. I really enjoyed it. And yeah. I hope. Thank you for staying with us, all two of you. <laughs> yeah. Two people. It's what we love. It's, yeah. all we love. it's all we need. So, like, please, like, subscribe and stay with us and love us. Just love us. We just, yeah. that's all we want yeah. is, is to be loved. Poor guy. Yeah. Look at him. He's just a little baby. <laughs> Babies can't grow beards. Uh, it's uh, literally uh, all I got. Uh, the, counter, the counter your baby argument is a, uh, is a full beard. Uh, this fucking guy. Like you can't buy a beard. I'll fucking get you. <laughs> I'll get you a beard here on your face at three o'clock this afternoon. That's what I do. What I do. Yeah, I'm gonna sit here and drink my coffee. Paid for it. <laughs> I didn't watch my friends die face down in the mud. <laughs>
Fucking love Big Lebowski. All right, folks. I'm your host, Vince Green. I'm your host, Old John Timmy. And this is Pair Rankers. See you next time, motherfuckers. That was Movies to Change Genre. Whatever the fuck. Peace. Gone. Peace. We out. We outy. Three, two, one. Down. But there, before we go, I want you to wrap your ears around this. See you next time. See you, man.